Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with WBEZ and Vocalo Radio's Ayana Contreras. Hey, Ayana. Hi. Tiny Desk producer Bobby Carter. What's up, Robin? Contributor Christina Lee. Hey, Robin. And WBGO and Chaz Knight in America's Nate Chenin. Hey, Robin. It's New Music Friday, and we're taking a quick look at the best albums out now on January 28th, starting with the incredible soundtrack to the Questlove documentary, Summer of Soul. This is the Fifth Dimension performing Don't You Hear Me Calling to You from the Summer of Soul soundtrack, the documentary. The film came out last summer. We're just now getting the official soundtrack. And Ayana, I know this is one uh, that hits you really hard. Yeah, you know, uh, the film itself was powerful, but something about hearing the music taking away the beauty of the visual was a little more intimate for me. It really hit me, especially some of these performances. There's not a lot of live performances of these artists that is generally accessible to people. So it's a beautiful thing to have 50 years after the fact. It's so incredibly vibrant, you know? Nobody is limping along here. Everybody (laughs) is just hitting, right? But some people are like already at their peak and others are, are climbing the mountaintop. And it's just really exciting. The other thing that's really powerful about it is that, you know, the audience who they're performing for is really inspiring the quality of the performance, right? So like hearing, um, hearing, I'm picturing him. Oh, is David uh, Ruffin? Are you talking yes, about when David you. Ruffin walked? And you. hearing those yeah. screams come out? Like, can you, yeah. like the screams were like, it they were like rumble in the place. But not only that, but David Ruffin would have never performed like that for Ed Sullivan. Yeah. All that falsetto, they told him, he told, they told him, don't do that. Yeah, don't do wow. that for mainstream, but he could do it for the folks. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think there was that element of it. It's like, even the choice of, of song for Fifth Dimension, Don't You Hear Me Calling To You is kind of, they're more for the streets recording yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like up, up and away, right? Yeah. yeah. This soundtrack to me is still a, a miracle. The, the movie and the soundtrack, it's all just, it's just a miracle to me that, it's just been sitting down. For, I mean, it's it's been discussed for a while now, but it's just and then just hearing it as a music nerd, like kudos to the engineers, to the engineers for making this thing sound so beautiful, even down to the audience screams. I, I, I envy everybody. Part of the miracle, too, is, is just discovery. You know, I, I feel so chagrined when I saw this movie. I was like, I've been hearing about this as a cultural moment for a long time, but I've been hearing about it in this kind of abstracted way. I did not honestly grasp the fire and the importance 
of this moment until I saw the film. And I think, you know, had the soundtrack come first, I think we, w- we all would have registered it too. But part of the miracle for me is just like, I don't know how this hasn't been on our radar for all these years. So it's amazing that it now is out there. It's amazing that it's been received the way it has. And, and this is now all a part of our cultural DNA going forward. It's like the genie's out of the bottle. We could spend the entire show talking about just this this one soundtrack, but there's a lot more music that we want to get to. Summer of Soul is the album, the official soundtrack to the Questlove documentary, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. Uh, and it's a big week for soul and R&B. There are a number of releases that we want to get to, including the next artist, the singer Lady Ray. Her new album is called Peace of Me. Lady Ray, Peace of Me is her new album. This is the song, Where Were You? Christina, they're calling this her sophomore album, her sophomore full length, but she's been at this game for way longer than that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you picked that song in particular because that's the one that directly addresses this winding path that's taking her to this particular album, right? So as a teenager, she was actually signed to Missy Elliott's electric imprint called The Gold Mine. At one point, she was also the first female R&B signee to Rockefeller Records. She came to record backup vocals for The Black Keys, which is how she connected with the producer on this record, Leon Michaels, and he's sort of responsible for this uh, vintage soul direction that she's taken. I just want to say, for those of you who have never heard Nicole Ray's song. Make it hot. Make Make it hot. Make it hot. (laughs) If you have never heard this song, it is a bona fide jam. And and I still play that song. Today. To hear that that 90s polished Timbaland production. And then you fast forward to what she's doing now that raw soul. It's just it's really amazing because they both sound really authentic. It's interesting to hear her at this current juncture, right? Because I think when she followed up Make It Hot, you could kind of hear her more old fashioned church tendencies, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like she's always had that old soul sort of residing in her spirit, but now I guess with the right production to, br- to bring it out, I think folks can now connect the dots and see that she had this sort of spirit with her and her the whole time. I mean, not to say that Make It Hot isn't great because it absolutely is, but here she just sounds so at home with the music that she's creating yeah. right now. I can hear a lot of these songs being sampled like 30 years from now oh, that's totally. just that's that's just just that leon michaels just dusty dirty sound that i just love 
The one line that really stuck out to me was like, y'all should have invested in me, right? But that's the one time where I think she allows herself to sort of revel in her past and just sort of let it all out because elsewhere in the album, she kind of addresses the present. There's that song, Beauty and the Fire, where she features her father, who could have been a pastor in a whole other life, but she's talking about how in this current period of unrest, as inspired by the deaths of Maude Arbery and the like, you know, there are folks still coming together and bonding together to see a better future. And then I love the song that she dedicated to her daughter as well, Melody, because that's where you really hear her voice literally light up and just revel in this current moment. Lady Ray is the singer, Piece of Me is her new record. And let's talk about one more album before we take a break. And for me anyway, it's a doozy from the singer Sam Henshaw. The album is called Untidy Soul. Stranger, the girl's in danger, but you won't fight hard enough to save her. Said it ain't your issue, cause it ain't your sister, it ain't your missus. You don't care to do ya. Cause if that were me, I would've, ooh, maybe I would've thought for a second and said maybe I shouldn't. There's blood on my hands after all, oh God, there's blood on my hands after all. Bow my head, said my prayers, I'm the good one, ain't I? Wash my hands of all my sins I'm the good guy, ain't I? If everyone were like me Could there be the change I'd like to see? Ain't I good? Ain't I right? Did I try? But if I cared I'd give more than thoughts and prayers The burden's more than yours to bear I don't want to cut this one off. Sam Hinshaw, Untidy Soul is the album. This is the cut Thoughts and Prayers. This whole album just completely blew me away. Total surprise. Have to admit, I hadn't heard of Sam Hinshaw. And Ayana, once again, thank you for flagging this so that I don't sleep on this. What an incredible find. Yeah, you know, I interviewed him in 2019. I had known about him because he toured with Chance the Rapper. He still hadn't put out a debut album, and folks were kind of asking about that and what was going on. And he actually had some throat issues that he had to work through. So I'm glad that his voice still has some of that delicious raspiness. The rasp is like everything in his voice, right? He kind of has like, and this is in, in all the best ways I can I, I can explain, but it's like that two packs a day tone. It sounds like <laughs> it's so rough and, and gruffy. I, I love his tone. There's just like a lot of beautiful recordings on here, and it's sort of of a piece. That's the other thing that I like about it. It's not as though he's trying to give you this a la carte palette. It's really like this is the sound that I've been honing for these years, and this is my gift to the world. That was what struck me, the the of a pieceness, because I had heard some of the singles. You know, I, I certainly, because of Keon Harold's contribution, I was well aware of Still Broke, which is a great track and has a fantastic video that dropped uh, last summer. But it really feels like it has been conceived and executed as an album. You know, it has mm. this arc, it has motifs, it all holds together as a sort of conceptual statement. You mentioned Keon. There's actually this great little moment on the album called the Keon Interlude I wanted to play just a snippet of. I know your ass ain't playing the tuba for me. 
And it's just one of the kind one of the kinds of moments on the record that brings so much color and charm. I found across this whole album, uh, he's got a great sense of humor. There's this song called Chicken Wings. The lyrics are hilarious. But at the same time, it's also just sick because the horns on it are incredible. I, al- I also want to play a little bit of Chicken Wings. You can tell he's a big boom bap hip hop sort of fan, and and when you add like horns and you make that thing swell up, and you just add that onto that that kick, I can tell he's a big '90s hip hop sort of boom bap, and there's a lot of that on here, a lot of samples, but he layers it with with horns and jazz jazz sounds. I, I love the record too. But it also, interestingly enough, like he told me, he's as inspired by Marvin Gaye as he is by Kirk Franklin, and I, and in those chords, those gospel chords, I hear it. So there's a lot going on. I, what I love about him is, yes, he's of a piece, but he doesn't sound like he's trying to emulate any one thing. It's all stirred up into this gumbo yeah. that's really, to me, very successful. Hey, Robin, can we just go ahead and officially call this Soul Music Friday instead of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the whole show is pretty much pretty much soul and R&B. <laughs> Sam Henshaw, the artist here, his new album is Untidy Soul. We do have a couple more records that we want to play for you on this week's show, but first we do need to take a quick break. Support for NPR and the following message come from BetterHelp, offering online counseling. BetterHelp therapist Hesu Jo explains the importance of creating a safe space for therapy. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients that say that expression, like, I've never told that to anybody. That's when I know I've made some kind of momentous move with this person. They feel safe enough to expose that part of themselves, and doing that together with somebody else can be very powerful. To get matched with a counselor within 48 hours and save 10%, go to BetterHelp.com songs. It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton, and we're taking a quick look at the best albums out now on January 28th. We start the second half of the show off with Amber Mark and her debut album, Three Dimensions Deep. Goddamn, this pressure is having me feeling frustrated. And know this bad weather following me like we're dating. Trying to be what they dream, what they fantasize, and still be me. The singer Amber Mark, her new album Three Dimensions Deep. This song is called One. Uh, she's a singer originally from Tennessee, though she's lived all over the place, including the monastery in India. 
As I said, this is her debut album, and and Bobby, it's a pretty deep 17-track concept record for her. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. Right? This record has shaken my world up. I think that, yeah, you said it's deep. You know, it's called Three Dimensions Deep. And the way she describes it, she sort of segments the album in three parts, uh, without, withheld, and within. And the song one... It's in, in the same way with uh, Sam's album, it has this arc and it's, it starts in this deep, dark place. You know, she says this pressure is having me feeling frustrated. Her tone is is low and dark. And by the time you get to track 17, Event Horizon, it's just bright. She's in her falsetto and it's just almost chanting. It's really, really beautiful. But in between there, there's just so much uh, growth. She's talking about growth and self-doubt and just sort of working through these things. And everything is just jamming on this album. The production is sick. The vocal arrangements bursting with harmonies. I cannot say enough great things about this album. You know, this has been a long time coming for Amber, right? I feel like folks have been watching her for quite some time because it was back in 2017 when she had her debut EP, 3.33 AM. And I feel like my favorite parts on this album are where I feel like she sort of channels or continues to channel her late mom still, maybe less in the production, but more so in the outlook and the lessons because having grown up in a Tibetan monastery, her mom used to tell her like, you know, just let things be what they be, you know, the problems they'll come, you got to surrender to them and all that type of stuff. And that's the sort of wisdom where I think as a kid is super frustrating. It's like, what are you talking about? I got these problems right here. But definitely in songs like Healing Hurts, for example, even when she's talking about a breakup, you almost feel her like channeling and that same sort of wisdom, which I really love. I think it's the specificity in her songwriting that gets me sometimes. You know, Bobby, when I listened to it, it reminded me of that conversation that you had recently on the show about insecure and the music of insecure and mm. and and how R&B has evolved because of that show and since that show and I really heard that on this record you know one of the ways it's evolved I me mean, it's not just like steamy slow jams mm. <laughs> you know what i mean it's no. like she it's all about personal revelations and honesty and not being afraid to show how broken and messy you are that's the word you guys used a lot on that show just the mess of yeah. life And being able to throw all of that stuff in there, all the things that you're going through and still making sure that people are able to bop or dance to it or, you know what I mean? Just it's, it's, you know, R&B has evolved into this thing where, okay, I can express what I'm going through, but, you know, you can still enjoy it and, you know, you can still dance to it. Nah, this album's crazy. Amber Marcus, the singer, her debut album is called Three Dimensions Deep. All right, we have one last album that we want to play for this week's show, but there are a few other notable releases out this week. Nate, let's start with you. Well, there's a a record coming out called The Chicago Experiment. Um, And this is, um, you know, technically it's Greg Spiro's record, um, but it really belongs to the collective. Um, It features the uh, Chicago-based or Chicago-originating musicians, Micaiah McRaven, Marquise Hill, Joel Ross, Jeff Parker, and Daryl Jones. And this is basically just taking all of these people who've been making big noise in the last decade on the improvised music scene and just putting everyone together and and reveling in groove. I'm not sure that it articulates the sound of Chicago because I don't think you can really do such a thing on one record, but it's really fun. And all of these musicians are really at the top of their game. Remind me of the title? The Chicago Experiment. Christina. This Friday, I'll also be looking out for Face, which is an album by... 
a rapper by the name of Babyface Ray. So kind of like what you were saying about Chicago, Nate, uh, Detroit, at least as far as Detroit hip hop, isn't of like one particular sound, or I don't know if there's anybody who really captures or embodies that. I think the story of Detroit hip hop is more so a story of individual successes, whether that's Eminem, Big Sean, uh, Doughboy's Cash Out, T Grizzly. But I think the easiest way, I guess, for, to catch my attention if you're an up and coming rapper is to feature Pusha T, which he does on the lead single, Dancing with the Devil. I think kind of the opposite of all the music that we've heard on this particular episode. It's very, very grim, uh, but it's engaging all the same. So it's Face by Babyface Ray. And I'll just add St. Paul and the Broken Bones have a new one out today called The Alien Coast. The Aeneas Mitchell record, the creator of Town, her first solo album in 10 years, it's self-titled, is out now. Aeneas Mitchell and the band Beirut is back with a new one today called Artifacts. All that music out now on January 28th, along with the last one that we'll play from the jazz saxophonist Emmanuel Wilkins. It's called The Seventh Hand. We should scooch towards the end and we can hear this incredible breakdown at the end of this track. Incredible. Emmanuel Wilkins, the album is The Seventh Hand. This is uh, track two, Don't Break. A uh, big release this week in the jazz world. I know a lot of people are excited for it, but Nate, let's start with you. Oh, man. Just like Bobby said, I don't know where to begin. Emmanuel Wilkins is a brilliant young alto saxophonist and composer, band leader from Philadelphia, now residing in New York. And, you know, in a way, this track was a little misleading because, the you know, it's only on one track that we have this African percussion ensemble, the Farafina right. Khan percussion ensemble. But their presence here is so grounding and it really establishes one of the messages of this album, which is a continuum, you know. It's really appropriate that we've included this in this particular podcast because we said, you know, this is the Soul Music Friday. You know, Emmanuel Wilkins is putatively a jazz artist, but really what he's talking about is African diasporic music in its improvisational expression, you know. This is an album that finds so much grounding in the gospel church. It finds a lot of grounding in African polyrhythm. And then, you know, the entirety of the modern jazz continuum. But what really knocks me out the most is that it is an album propelled by an idea. The spirit moves. Like, that's really what he's interested in here. The other thing that's really beautiful about this particular recording 
and just the whole concept of the album is how thoughtful he was on the visual representations of it and how the visual representations also are very reflective of all the things that Nate was mentioning. I mean, down to the cover, which is reenacting a water baptismal, um, which I think is absolutely gorgeous. And the music video that was directed by my friend Colleen Smith, which is also extremely beautiful and thoughtful and has a lot of little Easter eggs in it if you care to look for it. Yeah, the thoughtfulness of just sort of the Sankofa concept of past, present, future all being engaged with in the music is really lovely. One thing that struck me while I was listening is like, these guys just felt, it just felt like they were unusually locked in. And then I read that Wilkins, like he wanted the the band members across the seven movements on this record to be vessels. And it really feels like they've entered this fugue state, like they've left their bodies and the music has taken over, which is such an interesting concept to compose music as, as Wilkins did here, to compose music for the specific purpose of giving yourself over to it, if that makes sense. It's almost like the goal wasn't to play the music, but for the music to play them, if that makes sense. Church. Church. I like that. <laughs> with a bar. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that's the thing is that Emmanuel, he's such a fascinating and compelling figure because he has all of the training that you could possibly hope for in a young jazz musician. But at heart, he comes from a community and he comes from an expression of community. You know, his, his most formative experience was playing in church. And so he has deeply ingrained in him that kind of relationship between a musician and an audience or a congregation. It's not about I am on the stage on this platform and I am broadcasting to you and you are receiving. It's, it's really a more reciprocal relationship. It's a more organic flow. And that is what he's after. And I think there's something subversive about that in the contemporary jazz you know, ecology, you know, and I, I really hope that his example, and he's not the only one doing it, but I really hope his example has an influence outside of his own circle. I love that. Another record that we could just keep talking all day about. Emmanuel Wilkins' The Seventh Hand is his new album, and that'll do it for this week's show. Thanks so much, Ayana Contreras. Thank you. Christina Lee. Thanks for having me. Bobby Carter. This was fun, Robin. Thanks, man. Thank you. And Nate, Nate Chenin. My pleasure. Thanks to you all. To see a list of everything that we talked about on the show, including the albums in our lightning round, check out the podcast description for this episode. You can also listen to full versions of all the songs, along with a bunch of singles that came out this week, in our expanded playlists. Search for NPR Music's New Music Friday in Apple Music, Spotify, or on our website at npr.org slash allsongs. And get the weekly newsletter from NPR Music by going to npr.org slash music newsletter. And for NPR Music, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music. <laughs>